Welcome to Roll Call with Ramona. I'm your host, Ramona Singh. Today we have Hutan Garabagi, who has 24 years of experience in the financial services industry uh, in regards to insurance, investments, and retirement planning. His expertise in insurance is in life, medical, and travel insurance. Uh, welcome, Hutan, to the show. We're so happy to have you today. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Bye. So, Hutan, you've spent you know, about two and a half decades in insurance. What inspired you to get into the industry? Almost, almost, yeah, since 96. Um, it's, I'll give you the short version, actually. Um, back then, I was 22 years old. Now you know how old I am. Um, so what happened, there was a company called Man, uh, MedLife, Metropolitan Life. They were giving, if you became, uh, if you, you know, got employed and became a, a life insurance agent, they were giving for six months they were giving $500 a week salary for the first six months. So that was my intention, just to go in. I was 22 years old. I thought $2,000 was a lot of money. So I just got in thinking that I'm going to stay in the business for six months and get out. And, and this is what happened. 24 years later, I'm still in the business because I just liked it. I, when I got into it after four or five months, I, I learned about brokerage, how, how brokerage is different than a career agent. And I just started liking the business and I stayed in it 24, 24 years later. Wow, so that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It all started with $500 a week salary <laughs> for six months. Well, that was a good incentive at the time. I know anybody in that situation, even till even in today's rate at you know being twenty two or early twenties, that's 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 a good amount to to get. So I mean, whether it was twenty five years ago or even today, but you know what I've heard consistently when I speak to so many different entrepreneurs, um, you know, people in business, a lot of them say that they are where they are today, you know, through an accident, through you know a for chance incidents. So it's still amazing to hear that it's also your story as well. Yeah, pure accident, pure accident. And the interesting thing is, see, uh, they don't do that anymore. And I think it's wrong because that allows people to get in, get their feet wet, have a backup where they're getting, because in the first, let's say a year, I wasn't making any money. The $2,000 a month is what I was helping me basically. So I think it was a great program and it got me to where I am today, basically. Are right? there any programs like that today or was that just back then? With salary, I don't think so. I think there are still career agent uh, companies like Sun Life where they have career agents, but mm -hmm. I don't think they give a guaranteed salary anymore. They, they still have the sales um to, you know the sales uh, courses and everything but i believe they don't have the um they don't give the guaranteed salary anymore that's long gone and that was two thousand dollars in 96 that was a lot of money it's, it's right. almost double right now with inflation absolutely calculate. absolutely right? so it was a good thing it was a good yeah thing. Definitely brought you here today. And you know, what would be interesting to hear from you with all your experience is that, you know, COVID-19 has changed so many industries. And, you know, we want to hear more about what's happened in the, you know, Canadian life and health insurance because of, you know, COVID-19. You know, there's been challenges with many industries when it comes to business continuity, where people, you know, had to make different alternative work arrangements, working from home, establishing cybersecurity, working, you know, remotely. And, you know, in terms of insurance, I know it's been going through a modernization in the past little while to digitalize, but, you know, I don't think 
anybody in or any industry was prepared for the onbreak of like a coronavirus this year. So what were some of the challenges that you faced and the industry faced during this time? Yeah, exactly. Um, the insurance industry is an extremely conservative industry. Uh, everything is, you know, calculated, everything is based on stats and so on and so forth. Now, there's a lot of process that goes through when, let's say, as an agent, I meet the client and the client decides to proceed. For instance, the client first has to fill out an application. It has to go through an underwriting process. Before the underwriting, the client has to do a medical where a nurse sees the client. They do all sorts of different uh, medical depending on the amount of insurance. For instance, they, the client might need to do urine. Uh, blood pressure, um, ECG even. So what happened with, especially in the beginning of the COVID, the pandemic was that the nurses weren't allowed to go into clients' homes or even see the client. So the insurance companies had to be more lenient and they were allowing plans to get approved without doing medical, up to certain amounts, for instance. So let's say up to age 50, uh, about oh, up to a million dollars the client can do without medical, which was great because this would speed up the pro process tremendously. We didn't have to wait for the insurance company to do the medical. But if the client had a medical issue, then uh, we had to wait until the client, the nurse can see the client. So there's a little bit of obstacle, but I think it was a good thing because these changes had to take place. That's one. Secondly was the online application. Up to four or five months ago, there were only a selected plans that were allowed to do online with insurance companies. Now, majority of insurance companies have online application process where the, um, where the agent doesn't need to actually physically see the client. We can do everything online and use DocSign, which again, I think it's a good thing with this pandemic actually speed up that process. Um, now, a company, majority of companies offer online for their plan for life insurance, for CI and critical illness, living benefits, and disability. Of course, there is limits to everything, but uh, we can do it basically now, whereas before we couldn't do it, right? Mm -hmm, now, absolutely. Now, this is a little bit of a problem too, because in our industry, the average age of agents is, if I'm not mistaken, is 62, and it keeps going up. A few years ago, I read a stat that it was 57. So a lot of the agents are not very comfortable with using internet, online applications, and all these kind of uh, you know processes. But it's good for us because I'm okay with it. I can use it, and it's made my job a little bit easier in terms of the processing right, in terms of doing the application, but I know a lot of agents don't like it because it's changed the way they used to do it and the way they're used to it, basically, right? So well, yeah, there's been a lot of changes. That In such a short period of time as well, I mean, uh, when it comes to the call centers, we've heard, you know, have been going through the roof with policyholders calling in to make sure, you know, what's in their policy for travel claims. And um, I also read that Manulife actually reached out to their alumni that have left them in the past few years and said, you know, would you be interested in coming back to, you know, meet the challenges of customer service with, you know, so many calls and, you know, and, and people yeah. wondering what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Because back, it, because sorry to cut you off. Because before the pandemic, the 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 salesperson from let's say Manual Life, you just mentioned Manual Life, we could see the client. We could actually go see the client in person. The wholesalers or the representatives from the insurance company had an office in 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 the in their head office, right? Now all of those people are working from home. Majority of insurance companies don't allow their reps to see the client physically. They have to use applications like Zoom or Skype mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So they do actually need more manpower behind the computer, not so much that goes outside because obviously they're not allowed. Now, as I understand, because I was speaking to a rep from Manulife, that they told me they're not going back to the office at least till end of this year, 2020. So if they go back, they're going to go back as of 2021. So this is the way the insurance companies are planning to go forward because it's safer too, obviously, for everyone involved, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned some of the, you know, um, changes that the like insurance companies have made in terms of, you know, starting people on, you know, their policy, new policy. But what has happened with like the ongoing existing policies and eligibility and coverage? You know, I have have you seen them granting grace periods on premiums or, you know, um, anything to like meet these challenges that the policyholders are going through? Yeah, for majority of part, the majority of part, uh, for let's say life insurance, disability, critical illness, uh, all plans, they, they, insurance companies are very flexible. They are giving great, uh, you know, uh, grace periods up to up to ninety days, basically. Now the client does have to pay back the premium, so if a client doesn't need to use it, I usually recommend not using it because after three months, then they have to pay the, the entire, the, the, the total three months in one shot, basically. They do, uh, companies do allow, uh, again, they are being flexible because the three month period is now coming up for, you know, it's coming up right now. And a lot of the clients are not back to where they, sh they wanna be before, before the pandemic. So insurance companies are still allowing a little bit more extension. They're breaking up the the premium, the past due premium. But yeah, they do uh, they do allow up to ninety days, and for majority of the plans, right? Uh, now some plans it's difficult because with when when you just mentioned group insurance, because group insurance is an ongoing claim, right? With life insurance, with critical illness, that's if somebody gets diagnosed with something, the client, the, you know, the, the company pays out. But with group insurance, with medical insurance, there's ongoing claims because that also has increased, right? We're mentioning about things that increase um, paramedical services because a lot of people are going through domestic, you know, you know, domestic issues. A lot of people have a lot of anxiety. So they're using their paramedical services a lot. So what I've noticed personally is people are more aware of the need to have insurance. Now, the question is, can they afford it, given the fact that they've lost their income, you know, or maybe they lost the hours that they're working, but people are more, I'm getting more calls about all sorts of different insurance plans. Because uh, people, you know, they understand, okay, things can happen, we can fall, you know, get ill, uh, we, we need paramedical services. 
so on and so forth. So I've noticed more people are, you know, interested about insurance. The question is, you know, being able to afford it and, uh, you know, going forward with it and actually getting the plan. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've heard about, you know, people, policyholders with existing claim and how they're reaching out to their service providers. And now with, you know, uh, video conferencing, Zoom and Skype and calls, they're able to get to, you know, the, the concerns that they have. But what about now when it comes to like new sales? Like how, how is somebody in your position able to reach out to people who don't have a policy, who, who are not insured um, with this, you know, social distancing you know how do you navigate around that good, good question um see personally what i've done is we've changed our ways so i've right now we've set up plans in online we do a lot of marketing you know we reach out to clients online through facebook linkedin and what i did was i invested in a coding software that that clients can actually go online get quotes online they don't need to see a agent because don't forget a lot of clients don't really didn't like to see agents from even before the pandemic because you know they have that wrong impression that uh, a lot of agents are might maybe a little bit more aggressive or pushy so clients actually do like this service as well anyway so what i've done personally is i've set up a coding software so Let's say you as a client can go online, get the plan yourself, get the prices, see how much each company offers, and then we can do everything online where, again, because of the fact that we can do online application, um, everything can be done through Zoom, right? So we don't actually need to see the client. Now, if, they, if I did mention something about a nurse, if the plan does require a nurse, now the nurses are allowed to see the client. Obviously, there's a lot of protocols. Uh, they have to be, you know, they have to follow guidelines. But if it is necessary, they can see the client to get the, the medical, uh, you know, the, the things that they need to do, let's say, for blood pressure and for all those things. So that, that, that's been reopened. But uh, everything is pretty much done online. And we can do the application without even seeing the client. And they can even get the price. They can shop around the market to find out each company, which is, I think it's a great plan and it's a, it's a great tool to have, right? Absolutely. I mean, what are some of the um, issues that may come up, you know, in a case where you're not seeing the client? How do you verify that the, you know, the, 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 the new client is who they are and, you know, what, what is on the application is valid, whereas before you had the checks and balances with a nurse, um, you were able to see this potential client in person. So do you, do you foresee having those challenges in the future where you need to verify these details and it may be after yeah. the claim has, I mean, after the policy has started? Yes, it, it, it might be an issue. I'm a, I assume the people might take advantage of this situation. But for instance, what I do is I usually do Zoom calls. So I can see the client. We do a face, you know, we do a Zoom with, with audio and video. Um, now, we do get a copy of the client's license. So I do have all those things that, you know, verifies the client. Uh, so in that sense, I don't see an issue. 
I think personally, in my experience, again, because this is such a, a you know, it, it, this business relies on relationship with the client. I do think seeing the client in person is better because uh, you can talk to the client, you can make sure that you can answer all their questions. But if the client does choose not to see the client, the, the, the system is in place to do that, to be able to do it online. Uh, I just, in the past two, three weeks, I did start seeing the client, obviously following the, you know, the social distancing and, and so on, but we do actually start seeing the client now because I think when you meet the client, you can basically cover all their you know, questions, their concerns, and their needs. I I still like that old method better. I guess maybe I'm old school in that way. But uh, if I can't meet the client, I prefer to meet the client in person rather than doing it online. Just because I think it's a it's a better you know relationship, and you can you know answer the questions better in that. And also maybe offer them you know a different product that they weren't aware of that probably you know addresses their needs more. Exactly, exactly. Because see, the clients nowadays are, they're extremely aware, they're very knowledgeable. I'm comparing it with, let's say, 20 years ago. Clients, majority of clients do their research, they know what they're looking for, but there's a lot of things that they might not know. There's a lot of different things that we could set up that they don't know. For instance, I'll give you an example. If they're looking for life insurance, now, permanent insurance is, is, is a little bit more, you know, costly than uh, term insurance. But just for, you know, a brief explanation, term insurance is exactly like renting a home. Permanent insurance is exactly like, so like if you want to compare it, it's exactly like owning a home. Now, they know they want permanent, but right now, budget-wise, it doesn't make sense. What we can do is we can do, let's say, half and half right this is something a lot of clients don't know it's possible right so let's say if you're looking for a million dollars of coverage but you don't want to put the budget in for a million dollars of permanent you can start with doing let's say for instance 250 permanent 750 term this way you have the million dollars in place and uh later on you can you can change that 750 to permanent now these are the things that I can only tell you once I start talking to you, I know what your goals are. I know what you're, you know, what you want to get out of your insurance, what you need it for. So these are the things that, uh, you know, we can understand once we talk to each other and, you know, we do an insurance needs analysis. So it, it is much better to do it in person, but I think Zoom has done wonders, basically. You know, it, 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 it allowed us to keep going during the pandemic, especially, and for people that still like to go that way, that, that route is available and the option is available for clients, right? Zoom has definitely, you know, saved a lot of industries in terms of having everybody be able to do the video conferencing and still feel like they're part of a network, even though, you know, with uh, social distancing. Uh, in terms of, um, you know, uh, financial planning and retirement planning, what is some advice you'd give to people who are now looking at their scenario post-COVID thinking, you know, what do they need to be aware of for, you know, retirement planning? I, 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 I couldn't hear you. I think I got caught up. Can you repeat your question again? Yeah. In, in you know, this post-COVID environment, what advice mm -hmm. do you have to give to people who are looking to do, uh, who are, you know, retirement planning? 
And, you know, what does that look like? What should they be aware of? You know, so some, see, some tips for people to know. Yeah. See, I think the, the most important thing that we learned from COVID is how fragile life is. And I think it's very important that people understand that, you know, first of all, it's never too late to invest and save for your retirement first. Second of all, don't procrastinate because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. A lot of people that I know, they say, okay, you know what? I'm going to start it from next year. Let me finish paying off my balance this year. But you never know what's going to happen. So it's always a good idea to save for your future because we don't know what's going to happen. And maybe, you know, maybe six months down the road, we can earn the income that uh, we can make now. So I always think the best thing to do is be consistent, save for your future as little or as much as possible. You know, um, anything that you do is good. We can always alter the plan later on. So it's a good idea to start your plan, you know, get, you know, get started on your goal. And if it needs to, you know, if we need to change it later on, we can always do that. But at least let's start it. And personally, I think this pandemic really taught us that, that we have to value life and know that things can change in a matter of a minute, right? I mean, that's what we've all learned now. Uh, and then what we're seeing as a response in the industry is that, you know, partnerships with government and regulators have started. For example, um, there's a collaboration between Marno Chappelle and the government of Manitoba aimed at making mental health counseling services available, uh, you know, to combat anxiety that's been caused by COVID-19. Do you foresee that happening with a lot of the insurance companies to make sure that they're able to be in aligning themselves with, you know, government agenda and policy and, you know, being more of a partner? I see. I think it has to happen. For instance, I think paramedical services is something that it should go under OHIP uh, because that's something that more and more people are using now. Um, Can you explain? So you sorry to interrupt. Can you explain what paramedic services are? Like what paramedical uh, services fall yeah. under it? So paramedical services is services like chiropractor, massage, acupuncture, physiotherapist, psychiatrist, psychologist, um, all these services. These right now, they're not covered under the, you know, the OHIP program, the state in Ontario, right? Now, the good thing, the OHIP, is, I personally think it is, a, you know, we have a very good program because we don't have to worry about anything that's covered under COVID right now, it's all covered under OHIP. But things that like paramedical services that people need for, to, to deal with their anxiety, to deal with family issues, these are things that I think it should go, it should be covered under OHIP because a lot of people don't have private medical insurance or group insurance under the, you know, under the employer. So they cannot, you know, they have to pay for, uh, for the paramedical services out of their pocket, right? So I think that's something that needs to be changed and uh, alternative medicine should somehow be covered under OHIP, at least to some extent. I know it's a very broad, uh, you know, topic, but this is the thing of the future. And I think this is something that uh, the government should look at and, you know, they should make some changes about Right. Wouldn't, wouldn't that affect the bottom line of the insurance companies who, you know, sell these products? Yes and no, because uh, that's just a 
portion, let's say for medical insurance, let's say group insurance. For group insurance, the paramedical services is one portion of the plan that they have. They have other things like prescription, which is a very big thing uh, under the group or under private medical insurance. They have uh, travel, vision, uh, dental. And so these are all the things. Bottom line, see, don't forget, uh, yes, having that service is something that maybe it will attract clients to get it, but claims is, is, is something that insurance companies have to pay out. So technically, if there are less claims, there are more profit for insurance companies, right? Um, so I, I don't think it was, I think it might even help their bottom line because there are going to be less claims payout, right? Um, in that sense, because, you know, less people need their insurance because the insurance, the one thing that's very important is that the medical insurance plans that are available, they don't pay for anything that's covered under OHIP. By law, they're not allowed to do that. So if anything, any claim is covered under OHIP, the insurance companies don't pay for it. So if paramedical services in the future does go under OHIP, then it's not, it's going to come out of the responsibility of the insurance company, right? Understood. Right now, oh, sorry to cut you off. Right now, one, one insurance plan that I get a lot of questions about, we just mentioned medical insurance, is travel insurance. Because a lot of people know that, you know, travel, you know, traveling abroad could have, you know, they could get sick. And, uh, you know, so that's one question that people ask a lot. And that's something that I think it has, Corona and the COVID has affected that industry a lot, right? Well, yes, I've been reading about, um, you know, the people who are traveling across the Canada-U.S. border for essential services, you know, they need that travel insurance and all of that combined because, you know, their job enables them to do it. So, you know, the truck driver that has to go cross border now, you know, and they're able to. Um, so, yeah, we, I mean, it's important to address some of those needs. Yeah. See, for, for you just mentioned traveling abroad uh, to U.S. There's one thing that a lot of people ask about these days is uh, for people that are traveling, you know, not for visitors to Canada, but traveling outside of Canada, what's covered uh, trip interruption. Uh, that's the that's coverage that we, we have with what, with what that means is, let's say, if the, if the trip is canceled, uh, the client gets their money back. Now, that's one thing that's very important is the insurance companies do allow uh, trip interruption for COVID, but there's a lot of uh, guidelines. For instance, they would only, uh, the client would be eligible to get their money back if the, the travelers themselves get COVID. Not that if uh, the, the, tri the trip gets canceled because of COVID. That's a very important little fact because, uh, you know, because a lot of people think that, okay, you know, their plan, their travel insurance covers COVID, so they're fine. You know, if let's say, uh, if there's, let's say their borders close up again because, you know, because of COVID, they're going to get their money back for their tickets. That's not the case. The only way the insurance company pays uh, money, uh, you know, back for trip interruption because of COVID is if the travelers themselves get COVID. Obviously, if the, if the company covers the COVID, because few companies don't cover it, right? There's only a handful of companies that do cover COVID, uh, you know, issue-related issues for travel insurance. 
that's a big distinction. Well, you know, thank you so much, Shutan. You've been, you know, very informative today. You are the principal at Tip Center. Tell us how people can reach you if they have any more questions or concerns. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's actually Tip Services. It used to be called Tip Center. Um, probably it's still something you know, uh, on Google. If you search it, you can still see Tip Center, but it's out changed to Tip Services. So you can reach us at Tip Services, uh, www.tipservices.ca. Um, you can email me at uh, hutan, H-O-O-T-A-N, at tipservices.ca, or, or go online, and I'll be glad to answer any questions that they might have. You know. Well, thank you so much for today. It's been very informative for me as well. And again, you are, you know, tuned in to Roll Call with Ramona. I'm your host, Ramona Singh. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good day. Thanks for having me. Thank you.